This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hannibal Qais, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world and around the UAE. Ladies and gentlemen, we got very, very big news that is, can be one of maybe the first times this ever, ever happened. YouTube, Gmail, Google Drive, and even the Google Search all were shut down and faced an outage, a huge outage that went on for a couple of hours. I was so shocked whenever uh, I found out about that because honestly, out of... Any tech giant that I thought would experience some downtime or face any outage, I didn't think Google and YouTube would be one of them. Yes, indeed. And also, ladies and gentlemen, a global security team has assessed impact of a suspected Russian cyber attack. Yes, indeed. We're going to be giving you all the details about this in just a few moments. But moving on to weird tech. If you've been dreaming of traveling once again, we're going to be telling you all about this brand new technology that is currently being used to boost cabin cleaning. And as we know, it's all based on ultraviolet technology. Yes, indeed. And we see Snapchat coming up to the plate once again. Now, I have been seeing Snapchat and Twitter trying to come back into that top social media apps. So Snapchat is now releasing Bitmoji Paint, which is a massive multiplayer online painting game. So I can see that they're trying to make Snapchat more interactive and kind of reel in viewers or... Uh, or, 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 or users. Users, I forgot the name. <laughs> users to use their platform more often, which I do like from Snapchat as I'm an avid Snapchat user. Yes, indeed. Lots and lots is in store right here on the show. So keep Pulse95 locked and we'll be right back. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world in the UAE and around the world. I'm sure a lot of people are waiting for us to discuss this story because if you've been on the World Wide Web yesterday, you must have come across either YouTube, Google or Gmail basically facing an outage. And every single time someone tried to access them, they got that monkey, (laughs) that notorious monkey uh, with a statement right above him saying something went wrong or there is an error please try again later and that's all we know yes indeed google users in the u.s europe india and other parts of the world and i personally did not experience that outage right Mm. here in the uae were uh, were briefly unable to access their gmail accounts watch youtube videos or even get to their online documents during an outage tens of thousands of complaints popped up around 7 a.m eastern along the east coast of the u.s The vast majority of those people, about 90% could not log in. And a lot of people were complaining. A lot of people were happy about it because some people had meetings that they didn't want to go to. (laughs) And because of that outage, uh, I believe they were using, I think, Google Hangouts to go to a meeting and they could not access those meetings. But the inability to sign in prevented users accessing those platforms and even mobile video games. So basically anything that was related to Google and Google servers was out of the question you could not access them. Now, I'm sure a lot of people uh, have seen social media posts about this outage. Many people were complaining that they never expected YouTube or even Google to face an outage at some point in time. But outages are not uncommon for any website or provider. A lot of companies, including Google, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, they all routinely experience them due to a temporary server er error. And that is usually caused by human errors 
virus. However, this outage is basically very notable for its pervasiveness across the Alphabet portfolio. For those of you who don't know, YouTube and Google are both owned by the company called Alphabet. And the company's search product was functioning correctly. However, the third-party ads, Google's main revenue driver, they remain visible in the results, suggesting the advertising was unaffected. So Google was still making money, but the actual function of Google that would allow you to search was not functioning correctly. A spokesperson for Google did not immediately respond whenever he was asked to comment, but we do know that the websites are back up and running. Yes, indeed. The problem did appear to clear up just before 8 a.m., so around 52 minutes in the uh, around the East Coast mm-hmm. of the U.S. And uh, I do believe some people complained about it in India for about two hours, three hours. Mm. But, uh, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, it's so important to see how important Google is. And it has disrupted a lot of people's work. A lot of people were complaining because you have YouTube. Now, YouTube, the, the traffic YouTube gets is unreal. So to have that kind of shut out, shut down, you cannot have access to it, put a lot of people uh, in discomfort. But let's talk about global security teams and how they've assessed an impact of suspected Russian cyber attacks. Now, U.S. warnings did come after Reuters did report that suspected Russian hackers had used hijacked software updates to break into multiple American government agencies. Now, this is a big problem we see with the U.S. and, the, and Russia. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, they, they, they have cyber attacks between each other. The U.S. would at- have a cyber attack on Russia and vice versa. But now the papers are kind of saying they're, they're, they're being shown. The cards mm-hmm. are being shown and being played that, listen, now we see and we know that Russia is having cyber attacks on the United States government agencies. Yes, indeed. And the U.S. Department of Homeland Security issued an emergency warning ordering a lot of users to go ahead and disconnect, disable the SolarWinds software, which actually is a software that had been compromised by all those malicious actors. Global security teams, they were all moving to contain the fallout of the widespread cyber attack that was, as you've mentioned, Hani, suspected or caused by suspected Russian hackers who have been able to spy on the customers of the U.S. information technology company SolarWinds and actually went unnoticed for more than eight months. Not even eight hours, not eight days. We're talking eight months. But of course, Russia did deny having any connection to the text. Now, it wouldn't maybe, I'm not going to point fingers, but it might not be a government agency or the Mm. Russian government, but people who live in Russia who have connected ties to the underground world of the cyber cities. So uh, investigators at Microsoft did say in a blog post that first seen malicious copies of the SolarWinds software developed by hackers last March. Mm. So we're talking about even up to last March. So that is a big time, just like Omnia said, around eight months. And these attacks have been going on. So it just goes to show how smart are these hackers are or how unprepared are these U.S. government agencies? Yes, indeed. Two people familiar with the investigation said that any organization running an updated version of the company's Orion network management software would usually have had a backdoor installed in their computer system by the attackers. And this is where uh, all of the privacy concerns were arising from. Investigators at Microsoft did say that they had seen the first 
malicious copies of the SolarWinds software deployed by the hackers last March. So we were definitely seeing it become more and more widespread in Britain. Publicly available SolarWinds sales documents actually show that multiple government departments actually use the computers and the company's software. And that also brings a lot of concerns about Britain. Is it going to be impacted by this attack as well? If there have been attacks for many months and the Americans could not do anything about it, then it's probably not worth immediately groundlessly blaming the Russians. And that's a statement by Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov about all the allegations that were reported by the media outlets. Now we might see a surge in cyber attacks in the UK mm-hmm. as London is going to tier three of lockdown. So we do know the more people who are at home and during lockdown, the more they will use the internet, which just might show a surge in cyber attacks. Let us know you guys thoughts 4215 or on our Instagram, at Pulse95Radio. We're going to be taking a short break, ladies and gentlemen. But when we're coming back, we're going to be talking about Denata and how they're going to boost cabin cleaning services with cutting-edge UV technology. You're listening to Pulse95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse95. Denata is going to boost cabin cleaning services with cutting-edge UV technology. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about aerospace, talking about airlines, and we're talking about how airlines are using UV technology to sanitize their cabins because, ladies and gentlemen, let's be honest, everyone wants life to go back to normal, everyone (laughs) wants to travel, but unfortunately, COVID-19 is messing everything up and making everything harder. Yes, indeed. But one of the world's largest air service providers is trying to adopt some of the latest technologies to be able to deliver the dream of many on a plate of gold. And they're doing that with the highest level of safety for all airline customers and to make sure that travelers do feel safe as they ride in the airplane. Now, we all know the key factor when it comes to sanitizing airplanes is speed and efficiency. You need to make sure that the sanitization process does not take hours on end, but at the same time, it is just as efficient as the deep cleaning process. And this is exactly why Donata actually partnered with a Switzerland-based technology company called Uvia. And just by the name, and just like the name suggests, this uh, technology is based on ultraviolet light. So it basically uses ultraviolet light to sanitize the cabin. And this will definitely help aircraft cleaning become a much easier process. Yes, indeed. And they did trial this type of uh, method on the aircraft of a Swiss regional carrier called Helvetic Airways. Mm-hmm. Now, UVS cutting-edge solution does use UVC rays to disinfect the interior of the aircraft, which does ensure the safety and well-being of passengers and crew. Now, during the cleaning pro- process, an autonomous sterilization robot does emit concentrated UVC light across the cabin. Now, this device can effectively kill over 99% of bacteria and pathogens, just like the coronavirus. It can be used in the air and on all surfaces in just a few minutes without the use of any chemicals. Now, a lot of people do have this worry when sterilization process does come to hand. Mm. Okay, we are kind of uh, removing or or disinfecting against COVID-19. But what if these chemicals mess up my lungs, mess up my skin? mess up my eyes a lot of people are scared of the chemicals that are being used to sterilize let's say tables countertops cars a lot of valet services use chemicals of their own 
to sterilize vehicles. And uh, the question com comes to mind is whether or not I'm being exposed to harmful chemicals. And this is where the UV UVS cutting edge solution does come into play. We're saying, hey, listen, we're not using any chemicals. Mm -hmm. We're using UVC light, which is ultraviolet lights without any chemicals and making it a little bit more natural. Yeah, and the, their worries are definitely in place because a lot of people, especially those who struggle with asthma, have complained that these chemicals do impact their breathing. It makes it a little bit harder to breathe. It may even stir up their uh, allergies into play. But a lot of people may be wondering, how does UV light actually clean air and surfaces? Because we've seen so many robots, we've talked about a lot of them right here on the show, that are using UV rays to disinfect uh, and kill the coronavirus. Virus. Now, from aircrafts to buildings, the ultraviolet light has definitely been deactivating a lot of pathogens that are currently around us. And the main reason, just like you've mentioned, Hani, that this technology is successful is because it uses no chemicals. And all of the clinical studies that were done on UV lights have proved that it only takes a matter of seconds to basically significantly reduce any pathogens, including the coronavirus, whether it's found in the air or even on the surfaces, whether it was a cabin or a desk or anything. Again, an aircraft is a closed off area, so you don't want chemicals going around these cabins, kind of making it harder for people to breathe. Now, a lot of people I remembered beginning of the pandemic, beginning of the lockdown. Let's be honest with you, Jimmy. We were all crazy on sanitization. Everyone in their had in their pockets a sanitizer or a hand sanitization spray. And uh, or even when they would get groceries, they would start spraying everything. Every pack. Everything. They'd spray everything. And then the thing that didn't come to mind is that you're spraying something in your in your home at the, mm. the front of your door. So a lot of people would start coughing because some of the chemicals in the sanitization sprays would irritate the lungs. It would irritate your respiratory system. And some people start thinking, oh, man, I got COVID now because they keep <laughs> coughing and coughing and coughing. And uh, a family member of mine was victim to this. They kept spraying everything. Anything that would come into the house, they would spray it. They would mm -hmm. go outside. They would spray everything. Their car, everything, ladies and gentlemen. They, she would use two to three bottles a day. Oh, my God. Spraying everything because she was paranoid. Is it rubbing alcohol that she's spraying? Just like sanitization spray. I don't know yeah. what type of spray it was. And in retro, and, 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 and what happened was is that she started coughing a lot. And she kept coughing and, and coughing and coughing. And she thought it coughing. was COVID. And she thought it was oh COVID because of how much she sprays. And I remember I told her, I said, hey, listen, stop spraying. Let's see. Stop staying for it spraying for a day mm -hmm. let's see if you cough or not she didn't stop she didn't spray for a day and the coughing stopped and she didn't feel like her her chest was irritated or her respiratory system having problems breathing so again uh the chemicals in these in these bottles yes they are to disinfect against covid19 yeah. But at the same time, the excess use of those chemicals can irritate your respiratory system. There's a very, very thin line between sanitization and at the same time, having this sanitization harm your lungs as well. Now, airline services have definitely depended heavily on disinfectant liquids. They would wipe down all the surfaces, windows, trays, seat back screens, armrests, seats. I even actually read that the window seat is one of the highest uh, in collecting germs, and that's because a a lot of people tend to lay their head on the window. They may even fall asleep there. So using UV light will definitely come in handy in preventing any uh, germs from uh, spreading as well as the coronavirus. And if you didn't know, the UV light has actually been used for more than 40 years in disinfecting drinking water. So it's completely safe to use and has very minimal risk on our lungs. Let us know what you think. Have you felt safe enough to start traveling once again? It is the holiday
holiday season and a lot of people are planning to go home and visit family so share your, your thoughts with us on 4215 Do It or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio coming up we still have lots and lots to share with you we're going to be talking all about Snapchat and the massively multiplayer online painting game that they are releasing Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? For all those who are big on Snapchat, one of them being Hani, I'm sure this news will definitely be a joy to hear because Snapchat is releasing is releasing Bitmoji Paint, which is a massively multiplayer online painting game. And it's actually Snapchat's fourth original game that it has ever worked on and launched. Yes, Snapchat is getting a new original game called Bitmoji Paint. As the name does suggest, the game does involve Bitmoji. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for those who don't know what Bitmoji is, it's a little character you have that you customize (laughs) that does resemble you. It's only on Apple, isn't it? I, no, I do believe it's on uh, Android, Android as, as well. well. Mm-hmm. Now, it is Snap Incorporation's fourth title from its internal game studio, which did begin putting out games last year. Now, Bitpo- Bitmoji Paint does place players on a gigantic pixelated grid and lets them paint those squares as a shared canvas. Zoom out and you get pixel art. Now, Snapchat, ladies and gentlemen, is was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, back in 2013-2014 as a platform to share pictures and to... Sh- just to have fun and, and do a lot of things. But ever since Instagram jumped on that stories uh, train, Insta- Snapchat never really had much uh, taking off after that. And we've seen that Snapchat has done a lot to try and regain their audience. Now, with that being uh, their games, they have introduced games, which I have not played. I have not played any of those games. <laughs> They're a little bit too glitchy for me. Okay. There, there's a little bit of bugs in it. It's not as smooth as you would expect a game to be. Granted, it is on uh, Snapchat, which uh, Snapchat is a little bit buggy itself. Yeah. But, ladies and gentlemen, I like the approach that Snapchat is taking. Snapchat is trying to regain the audience, and now it is targeting the younger generation. Because, let's be honest, no 30-year-old will play a painting game. But (laughs) a younger generation, 17, 18, will play this game, and that is Snapchat's biggest audience. You don't see a lot of people on Instagram under the age of 21 be active on Instagram, but active on Snapchat because it does cater to the younger audience. And I see where Snapchat is going with this. I agree with you on some points, but at the same time, I feel like uh, whenever we're comparing gaming when it comes to uh, social media platforms, even though I know, I know Aisha Mazmi will pop in and say Snapchat is not a social media platform anymore. Um, when it comes to Instagram, a lot of people have actually been enjoying the games that they've done, uh, especially those that are question-based. So whether it was incoherent or even questions about how well you know your best friend, your uh, significant other. A lot of people have been playing them and sharing them as a part of their Insta stories. But using Bitmojis in a game, that's going to be a big move for Snapchat because we all know that Bitmojis are basically aiming to become the world's avatar online. So it gives people a digital version of themselves that they can go ahead, be creative with, but at the same time, try to make it uh, more or less as a copy of who they are in real life. So including it in a game, this is going to be allowing people to play together in a very fun and exciting way. Now, there are three modes for this game. If 
you go ahead and download it. The name is Bitmoji Paint, but the three moves include moving, painting, and mapping. So as a user, you can go ahead and interact with other players from any part around the world using stock emotes. So you can also have the voice chat function in Snapchat's game menu, so you can go ahead and talk to your friends while you are scribbling. A lot of creativity can be embedded within this game. So you can go ahead and try and make it fit the way you want. Uh, you can basically do any form of scribble on the game and enjoy it with your loved ones. Now, now Snapchat in general, <clears throat> it's been uh, it's 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 been going a lot with its filters. Yeah. Now when we're talking about filters. Snapchat's filters are super unique. I prefer them over any Instagram filter, <laughs> and that is what their selling point was in the beginning. Instagram, uh, Snapchat had a lot of filters that I think it was the only platform to introduce these type of filters. And then again, Instagram did copy it. But let's go back and talk about gaming when it does come to social media platforms. Mm -hmm. No one has done it better than Facebook. Let's talk about Farmville. Mm, if anyone remembers yes. Farmville, <laughs> remember those games on Facebook that you would spend hours and hours playing? Facebook Candy Crush. Candy Crush oh, first originated on Facebook. <laughs> so those games were, were out of the park. I don't think any social media platform could ever copy it again. But ladies and gentlemen, this is just goes to show that Snapchat is alive and well, number one. And number two, I, I personally believe, this is my personal opinion, that let's not focus on games. Let's focus on filters because <laughs> there was a time where there was an anime lens that went viral outside the app and was used three billion times in its first week of release. And we talked about it right uh, here on Future Talk. Yes, we did. And I personally have used it a couple of times. And uh, uh, afternoon's Karak Makela Atleya did send me a couple of snaps of him kind of cosplaying an anime. So I'm just saying that uh, I think Snapchat should keep doing what they do best and snapping with filters and, and kind of keeping that area. Because I, ju I just, for me, I don't like when social media apps go out of their own reach and try different and new things. Because in my opinion, what's not broken don't fix it. I do I do understand that Snapchat's stock mm. uh, in the business sector is kind of going down and Snapchat isn't getting that much traffic as it used to and they need something to kind of uh, reel back in the audience but I just don't think this is where it's at. They are gaining a lot of users though so about 100 million Snapchatters are actually playing their games and an average of 20 minutes are played by every single player every single day. So Bitmoji Party does sound like it has some large shoes to fill, but we will definitely keep you updated on how popular it becomes. Let us know. Do you enjoy Snapchat games or would you rather just use their filters? And do you feel like games should be left for the rest of the gaming apps on the App Store? Our text lines are open 4215-DOR-TISALOT or sign into our DMs at Pulse95Radio. We're going to be taking a short break, but once we come back, we're talking all about autonomous cars, but this time, this car that we're going to be discussing has no steering wheel. Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. Autonomous vehicles have been making headlines ever since Tesla kind of started to make it easier to own a Tesla. And we're seeing a lot of people and a lot of companies uh, rely on autonomous vehicles more often. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about autonomous ride sharing. And it is a box car with no steering wheel. Now, long before Amazon acquired the self-driving startup Zooks in June, the Bay Area-based company was prototyping its own custom design and built self-driving taxi from the ground up. 
Yes, indeed. But this week is a special one because it finally publicly showed off the brand new car. Now, this is not like any other autonomous vehicle because there is no steering wheel in this car. There is no set date for when it's going to be hitting the roads. But let us walk you through how this car looks like. So while many self-driving car companies are trying to modify the existing vehicles, the typical car with the steering wheel, the driver's seat, this one is trying to create a completely new idea of what an autonomous vehicle should look like. So what it did is basically create more or less like a box <laughs> of a car. So you have uh, the typical car setup. However, instead of having a driving a driver's seat, you have bi-directional uh, two benches that are facing one another. This car, or may we say shuttle, can carry up to four passengers who can, can interact with one another within the robo vehicle through a touchscreen and uh, the Zook's smartphone app, which people can use to go ahead and order the vehicle itself. There are touch controls for the music and the climate of your seat. So every single passenger can have their very own experience within the car itself. The ride may be a trip with a group of people or you could be mixed in with strangers. Again, this idea is supposed to take off once the pandemic is over and not in the age of, of coronavirus. Yes, indeed. The cars will be serviced at hubs where the dual battery vehicles will also be wireless charged. Now, Zooks does say, which is the company that creates these shuttles, that the charge will last for 16 hours of driving. So that is a long time. <laughs> now, the concept is similar to Cruise Origin, which was unveiled at the beginning of this year as a driverless steering wheel less boxed for ride sharing in san francisco now with these uh, so populated populated in dense cities just like san francisco new york a lot of people do use ride sharing apps whether it was uber or i do believe the other one i think they have kareem in, in, in the I states i think so if oh, i'm no, not mistaken if it was no, uber lift, or something else lift, uber lift. and lift <laughs> uber and lift in the united states they do uh use ride sharing apps as it is much cheaper but now they're looking at ride sharing apps without a driver that's number one number two without a steering wheel and number three autonomous and i do believe these are electric as well yeah so you're getting the best of everything jam-packed into these little shuttles that you'll see uh, roaming on the streets of san francisco las vegas and maybe in the bear bay area as well so I, I like the concept of this because a lot of people, number one, when they go to these populatedly and dense, dense countries or dense cities, sorry, mm -hmm. uh, they're tourists most of the time. Now, tourists, they can't get their hands all the time on a car to drive by themselves. And some of them don't like getting into taxis or they do have a fear of going into taxis. You also have the communication difference. What if they don't speak the language of the country that they're going to? Exactly. So with this, all you need to do is have an app, set your destination and jump in with that group or with a stranger, whatever you like. And there you have it. You're good and ready to go all within an app. And this just goes to show again by a topic I always talk about that phones nowadays are not a luxury, but a necessity. Absolutely. And this is exactly what we're seeing with this brand new autonomous shuttle. They're basically reinventing personal transportation. But right here in the UAE and actually in the heart of Sharjah, we've been seeing a very similar concept uh, that is being implemented in the university city of Sharjah. Ion vehicles are completely autonomous and they are electric vehicles that have been roaming around the university city. And the main aim behind them is to hopefully one day once 
students are back in universities after COVID-19 is over, it would be able to pick them up and drop them off without having a driver within the car itself. Now, we're not going to be expecting those uh, Zooks taxis to be on the road anytime soon in the U.S. because the company is still testing the autonomous technology on modified Toyota vehicles on public roads in Las Vegas, San Francisco, and the Bay Area. However, we do have some expectations that it will be coming to the roads sometime soon. Yes, indeed. And I do believe, ladies and gentlemen, autonomous vehicles are the future. That's number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, just again, talking about Tesla one more time. Uh, Tesla is becoming cheaper and cheaper to own. They do have their own type of financing with Tesla itself. So I do believe that nowadays it is much easier. And soon enough, we will see autonomous vehicles and autonomous shuttles rule the world. Let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215. Or on our Instagram, at Pulse95Radio. But this does conclude the show today. Yes, indeed. Future Talk is coming to an end. But you can catch us again, same time, same place tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. Until then, we're going to be opening the airwaves for the Dream Team. Aisha Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah will be joining you to give you all the latest on what is happening in the world of entertainment. Series talking today. I don't know what's going on with her. Um, but we're going to be uh, opening the airwaves for them. So make sure you tune in to their show. Afternoon Karak will be kicking off at 4 p.m. We'll see you next time. Stay blessed, stay safe, and have a great day. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.